Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. The 2020-21 season has proven to be stranger than fiction for former Everton left-back Anthony Robinson after joining Wigan Athletic last summer. Just days after suffering relegation with the Latics, the United States International sits down for a candid interview with Theo Squires to share all on a controversial season at the DW Stadium. Low down on how a heart problem entered any chance of a dream deadline day move to AC Milan in January, as well as enlightening insight on his Everton exit before looking to the future and his hopes of playing at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. It's a fascinating lesson about a remarkable season, so sit back and enjoy. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Anthony, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, commiserations, obviously, for Wednesday night. Must be very hard for the whole squad. You've had uh, two nights to sleep on it, to reflect on it. How are you feeling now? Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still devastated, to be honest. That you know, for the second half of the season, and obviously, I, you know, stopped playing at the start of January. I didn't start playing since till the lockdown return. Um, but just since then, the whole team's like been outstanding, and we went on like an unbelievable run and. You know, to be relegated because of things happening out of our control is just a real blow. But yeah, the lads like couldn't have really done as much more as we did. Yeah, and looking at your your results over the second half of the season, it's what one defeat, and that was to Brentford chasing promotion. Um, one of your last games beating Hull City eight nil. It's only what a late equaliser against Charlton that's effectively sent you down. If you ignore the outside stuff, must have been devastating for the whole squad because it really did look like you were going to turn it around and stay up at one point. Yeah, but obviously when you look at if you look at the whole season and well, we've dropped we've dropped points plenty of times in games where we should have won or we should have drew and we've lost. So you know you can't we. We all couldn't look at it as, you know, Charlton is what sent us down like that draw um, or not being fired. Like the whole season just wasn't enough when you'd factor in the top points. But we looked like we could have even beaten Fulham um, for most of the game and we just couldn't quite do it. So it's it's obviously really tough. What was uh, said in the dressing room after the game? Uh, the managers came in and said, you know, you know, he couldn't fault any single one of us for, you know, our attitude, our application. We all put in an outstanding amount of effort and unfortunately it just weren't enough but that we sh- he couldn't be proud of um, prouder of us all and that you know no matter what happens like we'll all go on to like, do good things and that we're just a great set of lads which I can't can't disagree with all every single lad was on the same page no one was thinking about themselves thinking of not playing till the end of the season especially not even just before the um, twelve point deduction when it was came to like contract renewals and people doing extensions. No one was thinking about themselves. All the lads were just buying in it for each other and playing until the end of the season. Um, so it just showed up like together we all were, and you know the gaffer seen that. I think that must make it all the more painful. Like looking from it at it from the outside, it's the worst way to go down. Like the administration, it seemed to almost come out of nowhere when you'd just been taken over. 
um, when you know you're going to have this 12-point penalty, but you don't know when it's coming to, into place, all this uncertainty, and to still manage to go from effectively what the relegation zone to mid-table to be close to the playoffs, then going down, and then to just lose it. It is the worst way to go down. It must be heartbreaking for you all. It's, def- it's definitely the worst way to go down, without a doubt. And it's just unfortunate that now, you know, like with the team going down and um, the financial situation, when we know a lot of lads are going to be leaving and it's just a horrible way to break up like a group of lads who all really get on and really on the same page. And um, Well, Wigan could technically uh, still appeal. They could get it overturned. Um, there's still that uncertainty there. I think the Football League dates have been confirmed today. Um, have you been told, like anything said to the squad, what happens next? Or have you just been told to enjoy your summer, switch off as much as you can, and then you'll see what happens at the end of it? Yeah, I've just literally been told. It's out, it's out of our hands now, and what will be will be. So at the minute, we're all just, you know, assuming the worst, but open for the best. And can you offer us some insight into what was happening behind the scenes at Wigan? Obviously, we've heard the stories of um, staff losing their jobs and all this. Um, it just seems crazy from outside when you look into it with the takeover happening, with all the uncertainty there and question marks over it, and then administration. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll be completely honest. When the, like the administrators come in to like speak to the players and stuff and just say like what's going on, what's happened, and what happens from now, like I'm not even going to pretend like I I understood fully what was going on because it just sounded like a bizarre situation, like from start to finish, everything they said, and it's very unfortunate that. You know, something like that can cost, I think, 75 staff members the job. Uh, some, of, some of who would have worked at the club for, you know, 10, 15, 20-odd years and um, love the club. So it's just devastating, really. And um, what was the uh, dressing room reaction after administration was confirmed when you were told you would have this penalty? What did the manager say to you? Because it did seem to really bring the squad together even more to try and stay up. Yeah, well, obviously, it came... It came like the day after we beat Stoke when we all just assumed oh, that's a, probably us safe. So we're all unbelievably happy. And then the next minute, we're on a, it's our day off. We all just see the news. We're going into admin. As soon as we, so we go in Thursday and um, they just said, well, we're getting, we're getting a 12-point deduction. You're probably not going to get paid um, on full, in full, on time, all that stuff. But, you know, everything else, it's completely up to you. At some point, you're going to get paid. You, if you just won, you've got however many games left to make up the points that you need. There's no reason why you can't go and do it again. You've been on an amazing run. And you went through um, tough times at Bolton when you're on loan there with the takeover and all that happening there. But it just seems so much worse. It's like going through it once doesn't prepare you for it. No, I think as well at Bolton, you know, there was there was signs of it. And you could like progressively see it get into the stage where it would get worrying, but Wigan just came out and there was no like no one not getting paid, no one no like money pinching or anything like that. And it was just one day we go into administration over some it just seems all really dodgy. So I can't I don't think anyone was prepared for it. As well as uh, feeling upset about relegation as well, is there like an anger in the squad at how this has been handled, like almost been let down by the Football League for fair and proper tests with owners and everything? Like Wigan should not have been relegated if you look at the facts like that. Yeah, when you look at it like that, it should, it should just be the teams who've played the worst go down. And then, you know, you can always factor in teams like who are rumoured to be getting points deducted, like Sheffield Wednesday and Derby County. You think they're going to get points deducted, they could go bowlers as well. 
Um, but that, obviously, I believe, and we just got slapped with it straight away because, you know, technicalities and things, it's all, there's a lot of ways you look at it, but it's, the boy, I don't even think the boys were saying we were disappointed. That's how it's come down to it. And with the club being an administration, players are going to be sold. Um, where do you see your future? Are you going to be at Wigan next season or are you going to have to consider moving on for the good of the club with needing money? Uh, yeah, definitely have to consider moving on. It's not just... Um, of course, Wigan need the funds and they're going to sell whoever that, like the most attractive players are in the team who they can sell them. I was already up for sale in January, um, so hopefully that means I can kick on. And if it's the best for me, then of course we're going to let me go. But I'll see what happens. I'll tell my hands as well. Hopefully, I've, if I've done well enough, then someone comes in for me and it works for Wigan and myself. But if not, then I should crack on. Um, I'm not sure if you'd have seen it earlier this month, but you're actually linked with Leicester City, with Benwell Chilwell being linked with uh, Chelsea potential uh, Champions League football that would certainly be a contrast of emotions if you go in from what you've had with Wigan to joining one of the top teams in the country at the moment yeah I can't, I can't even go off anything <laughs> like that like, if my agent calls me and says yeah a team like that's in for me then you know I'm jumping at it but obviously my main goal next season no matter where I am what I'm doing I just want to play so I just have to see what happens and um yeah, as I said, I haven't really thought about it too much yet. I'm just thinking that it's been, it's not even been a year le- yet since you left Everton. If someone had said to you when you left that all of this would happen in the next 12 months, you'd have thought them crazy. You've just had an incredible 12 months for a whole variety of reasons. Yeah, it's been a very strange 12 months. I'd have never thought, you know, a lot of the events would have happened, like personally and then economically with the club and stuff. And just think, it's, yeah, it's been madness even in the whole world like with this virus going on and things like that it's just it's just been a mad year but <laughs> some yeah let's see what happens and I can't talk to you without mentioning that nearly moved to AC Milan that almost seemed to come out of nowhere as well what were the feelings that, um, going through your head at the time around it all like we've seen the footage of you flying out to Milan and everything must have been crazy having moved from Everton only six months earlier uh, yeah, it was crazy. For, um, considering, but to be fair, when I signed, when I signed for Wigan, they always they said to me like, "You've got everything to kick on and develop, and you won't you won't be here for much longer than you know a year and a half, two years." And it just came really out of the blue, really quickly. That you know, six months into my second season with them, like a massive team comes in. It's the stuff of dreams. You don't see people moving from a team in the relegation fight going to you know one of the biggest teams in the world so it was a mad like emotional roller coaster. like 15 days I was linked with them in mid-January just wondering what was going to happen and then to finally get out there and you know be thinking oh they're going to find something wrong with, like in the medical but not thinking it's going to be my arses yeah massive. <laughs> how late did the move from them actually come because like you said they've been linked for two weeks and it seemed the only reason it didn't happen was because it was late on and with the medical stuff um, yeah, so I was, um, they'd been in contact with me um, for a while. I think they'd been watching me for a long time, but there was I didn't like actually like fully get linked, and it was in the press and stuff till like mid January, um, mm-hmm. and then it was I think two days. It was after the uh, my final game of Jam before I left, so I think Swansea away maybe, 
someone someone like that, like the thirtieth of Jan or something, the day before the deadline day, they said, Yeah, fee fee's been agreed with Wigan, you're going tomorrow. So I was literally it was about seven o'clock at night and I just had to pack a bag. And it's funny, like now when you Google your name, you see a load of YouTube videos come up. Anthony Robinson, welcome to AC Milan. That must be quite surreal as well, considering everything. Is that what comes up? <laughs> um, <laughs> like you've got fan compilations of your best bits. Oh, I'll have a look at them. <laughs> I need them compilations now. <laughs> the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, but then if you think of AC Milan, I don't want to... Uh, weigh on it too much because obviously it didn't happen but been playing at San Siro would have been playing with Zlatan Ibrahimovic it would have been the move that things are dream uh, stuff are dreams yeah definitely would have been the move of dreams you know moving away from abroad um, it was a really really exciting time to go to like a top flight football team um, obviously I never got my chance at Everton so you know for a you know, team in the top flight to actually say right he's a player we want to give a chance to at some point and it was like a really exciting time of my life and I was just ready for this new challenge started trying to learn Italian things just in case and then <laughs> down. Uh, I know you said you can't really think about your future at the moment too much but any chance of Milan coming back in do you reckon or just that gone is the contact ended now um, there's, a, there's a chance like I've, I know they, um, I kept watching um, to see how I got on and they were they were great from when my uh, um when I was getting all my testing for my heart things, uh, when I came back in the medical phone, I still had to do testing at Wigan. They were um, really great, like keeping in touch and seeing how I was and things like that. So, like, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. But the main thing for me next year is I really I want to keep playing. I want to keep doing well and performing. So, if it looks like I'm not going to start, then it might not be an option unless I don't get any better in terms mm-hmm. of actually starting. Mum, um, I think there were contrasting reports when it did fall through that it was just it ran out of time for you to go through all the medical tests or there was a disagreement over the fee moving the goalposts at the last minute or it was that the heart issue. Are you able to clear that up for us? Yeah, it was, it was because um, sometimes you need, you, need a, you need a license like to play over there. Um, like health-wise, you need to be like, issued a license to say, oh, this is all fine. And um, I couldn't get one because of my heart. Um, irregularity at the time and they said the testing that I'd have required to like determine what was wrong like definitely um, would have took three days minimum of testing so it, we were obviously on deadline day and they've said so if we sign you and then your testing messes up you won't be able to play for us and even if we loan you and you won't be able to go back and you won't be able to play so it just couldn't happen how do you uh, bounce back from that mentally? Because obviously you're a young lad and to be told this uh, a problem with your heart that's cost you this move must have been quite a scary thing to hear when you're out there. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a tough, it was a tough thing to it. It was more, more scary for like um, my mum and dad and my family just hearing that I could have something wrong with my heart. It's like if you don't 
you're not like a cardiologist, you hear a heart problem and you're really worried. But I um the older cardiologist at Liverpool Art and Chest Hospital who I'd been dealing with doing the testing and who I was supposed to have my procedure with, they um they was great with me and just like laid everything out to say there's your chances that um a procedure's gonna work, here's the procedure you might have to do, here's the medication you might have to have. And I just got my head around it really quickly that it's absolutely out of my hands if, if it works or not. So there's no point worrying about it not working um, and like not being able to play or anything like that. I was just devastated that I was missing games when I feel fit and healthy. So the fact that when I went in from a procedure and it ended up that I was fine and the irregularity seemed to have corrected itself, so I didn't even end up having to have the procedure, um, made it like that much better that I was like train like doing my own training, doing my own running and I was ready to go straight back in. Uh so Touchwood, you're all good now. Um the pandemic suspension, it's ultimately gave you the chance to return to football quicker than you would have done because you must have thought at the time that, that was probably your season over. Yeah, at the time it was looking like season over. I was um would have it would have been similar. I had my um operation schedule from March and then um it could have if if I'd have went through with it, it would have looked like you know was a six week recovery period, I believe. So that would have took me to the end of the season. Um, but luckily, I didn't even end up having to have it, and um, I just had to wait like a couple of days uh, after the procedure to do a couple more tests to make sure I was like cleared and all ready to play. Uh, for our listeners um, listening to this at the moment, they must be thinking it's all negative, 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 these things that are out of your hands. But there are positives from your season too. Like You've played a lot of football, which is what you needed as a player. You scored your first professional goal. It seems like you've really taken that step forward in your career. Like You know, when you're a lone player, it's always you, you need that permanent home to settle and push on again. Yeah, you need, I, I, do, I definitely think you need like an environment to breathe your confidence in. Um, I was in a team of lads who all... Like thought really highly of me. The gaffer had so much trust in me, playing me week in week out, um, and that just built the confidence in myself that you know I'm a trustworthy enough player to be starting week in week out. I must be good enough, um, and I just kicked on from there really. And yeah, it's been really good for my development, I believe. And what have you thought of their Everton season? Have you kept an eye on it from afar? It's been a, been a very mixed bag for Everton. I think it's just. Obviously now they've got a world class manager and we'll have to see what happens. I think they just wait they just wanted to get this season out the way and see, you know, who who features next year for us one hundred percent, who's iffy and then who do we need to get in, where do we need to replace? And it's not gonna happen it doesn't happen overnight. You don't just build a great team out of players that you you've not put together yourself. Um so I think the lads really buy into what Carlo's doing. And next season hopefully they kick on a bit. And it just keeps getting better and better for them. That's what I hope for them anyway. Um, you mentioned earlier that you didn't really get your opportunity at Everton. But then if you'd stayed a few months, you'd have been playing under Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, who knows what could have happened? Has that ever been something that you have thought about, that it was a missed opportunity to play for one of the managerial greats or no regrets at all, completely happy with the decision you made last summer? No, not one regret. Like, uh, they were really honest with me. Everton, they just said... we. Got rid of you know we got rid of a few players but we definitely we need to keep Bainesy um, because we can't like can't really get rid of Jags captain and lose Baines as well it's you know getting rid of so much of Everton in the training room and stuff and he's such a good player as well still um, 
So we've got him. Obviously, Dinya starts for us, so you'd have to wait for two injuries to start. So not even making the bench at the minute, so we think it's best that you just leave. Uh, it's nothing to do with you. It's just like you need to you need to play. And I really, I'm really thankful that they were that up front the most. Where they gave me the chance to go away and um, like progress elsewhere. I mean, you never know what could have happened, but I'm not one for thinking, oh, this could have happened if this happened. I'll just get on with it, really. And uh, from your time at Everton, who were the best players that you trained with, who looked after you most? I'd imagine Baines and Jagielka are two of the ones who are right up there. Uh, yeah, Baines, yeah, top class. Jag's lovely lad. Seamus is um, like probably one of the most inspiring. He's, like the passion he has in like in training and games, it you know, just shines through above everyone. Like, you can see how much it means to him. He's full on, you know, Everton in his heart, and um, he's always helpful. Always gives. Still messages me now. Like saying you're doing so well and stuff, and keep going. Uh, he's a top lad. Uh, Gomez, unbelievable player in training. But you know, there was there's loads of lads at Everton with so much ability. It's I think they just need to harness it, and next season they could have a real good chance of doing well. Is uh, Andre Gomez the best player you faced in training? One of the toughest to come along, or is there someone else that comes to mind as well? No, he's definitely one of the toughest I've trained against. And then for you, looking to the future, obviously you're a United States international. You're going to have your eyes on that World Cup in 2022. Wherever you're playing your football next season, there are positives. You are pushing on. It should be the start of an exciting career if it all clicks for you at the right moment and things are back in your control. Yeah, well, I've been obviously waiting a while now. Fortunately, I missed out um, on the Gold Cup last summer, um, which I'd love to play. And it would have been my first like international tournament and stuff. Um, so I'm just waiting now. I'm hoping I've done good enough that the next time the international games come around, that I've done well enough to you know be called up and hopefully starting as well. Because you know I do want to play. I don't want to be second fiddle to anyone anywhere. Like, it's just not in my nature. But when it comes to World Cup qualifying, I'm just I'm desperate to win anything. So you know I'll, I'm my heart set on doing really well, and that'd be a dream come true playing in the World Cup as well. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.